0: Help I Got a Mac, podcast episode number two. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Help I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And And I'm Chris Biting. Hey, Chris, we got Chris on the line via Skype
1: tonight. Yeah, it's going to sound a little weird. I can't look for Cliff for visual cues, and uh, he can't make bad faces at me now, so it should be a good time. It's going to be fine.
0: I think that uh, the fact that you'll be in studio at least once a month is going to make it worthwhile, and and you know, of course, the folks over there at uh, Twit Network obviously are using Skype quite frequently, so I think probably a majority of our audience out there is going to be kind of used to a uh, Skype co-host situation.
1: Yep, and uh, it it should be all right. I'm still not used to not hearing myself because I got these really really nice Plantronics head. I got this Plantronics headset that I got with my uh, with my iPhone rebate, and uh, it's the Audio Five Ten headset, and it's really really good. It's so good that I can't hear myself in my headset, but I can hear you just fine.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Well, As long as you can hear me, that's all it that really matters. I hear you in my sleep. There we go. (laughs) All right, so we have a wonderful show planned tonight, but before we get started and everything, I want to explain for the first-time listener exactly what this show is all about. This show is titled, of course, Help, I Got a Mac. And the original concept was that when I first got my MacBook, which was just uh, maybe four or five months ago, I can't remember now, but it's not been very long. I needed all kinds of information. I needed the Mac community to jump to my rescue and help answer all these different questions because I just switched over to the Mac platform. And so very much what I desire for this podcast to be and what we've designed this podcast to be is a podcast for the Mac switcher, somebody who has just recently made the decision To purchase a Mac, either you are about ready to go buy one, maybe you've just bought one, maybe somebody just gave it to you as a gift for college, or perhaps you're just still on the fence. You're considering maybe you just cracked open a brand new Vista computer and you want to puke your guts out because of the (laughs) fact, and now you're thinking, hmm, maybe I do want to cancel or allow the Mac to come into my life. So anyway, that's what this
1: show's all about. Now that was a tight little transitioner. You like that? That was beautiful.
0: I couldn't. You know, the thing is, is I'm trying to work up a new website kind of uh, text about what Bitcast Media is all about. The the new company I'm starting for my podcast consulting business. I can come up with stuff like this live on a show. But I can't, for the life of me, sit down and script out something that explains what, what BitCast Media is yet. So, do
1: you know what I do? Take, take a shower and then leave a recorder in the shower. Not in the shower with you, but like in the bathroom. Yeah? And then just start spouting off ideas because I come up with the best stuff when I'm in the bathroom.
0: Is that right? Yeah. Sweet. Maybe I'll do that. So let's go ahead and talk about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Or should we just go ahead and jump
1: right into it? Let's just go right into it. All right. Well, you start us off okay, uh we actually got uh some we got a voicemail uh from Stephanie from long Beach uh who wanted to let us know that um i don't know if you could, can you play that voicemail or do you have it still?
0: yeah, I do in fact uh go ahead and uh tell us what it is while I just now realize that I did not <laughs> set this up beforehand
1: that's okay um last week, we talked about how a lot of banking sites uh, will block uh, users who aren't using Internet Explorer, either for technical reasons or they're just lazy. And she offered a solution for us to allow some people who, who want to try to maybe trick the website into letting them in, uh, making it think it they're, uh, that they're using Safari. Here we go. Or uh, using Internet hey, Explorer.
2: Class, this is Steffi from Long Beach calling for the Mac Podcast. I just re- listened to your most recent episode about Mac sites having problems occasionally going to banks. Uh, bank websites. And there's one trick you didn't mention that might be able to help people out. There's a Safari debug menu that's not turned on by default. But if you know terminal commands or I use the program Onyx, which is free, and Onyx is also a great program. I recommend it for every Mac person. It cleans up a lot of miscellaneous files that can go on your system, run maintenance scripts. It's just an overall great thing when computers are acting wonky at work, I recommended the program. We ran it. It worked perfectly. So it's a great quick fix for a lot of problems. Anyway, um, using Onyx, you can go into the settings. Um, It has a million different settings. And unfortunately, I'm in my car, so I don't remember. And I'm parked, don't worry. I don't remember exactly where. But under the Safari tab, there's one setting that says Enable Debug Menu. Now, you have to relaunch Safari, but after that, um, next to the Help menu in um, File, Edit, etc., there's a Debug menu. You go down the Debug, and at the very bottom, second from the bottom, it says User Agent. And in the User Agent section, you can choose Mozilla, Netscape, Windows, and a bunch of other different browser settings that I haven't heard of. And from there, a lot of times you can trick the browsers into thinking you're on a PC when you're really not. I've done that to register for classes online at college before. So it doesn't always work, but it works a lot of the time. Um, And for the example of my register classes in college, uh, Firefox didn't work, but the the Safari debug menu did. So that's just another trick. It's not a save-all, but it does work a lot of the time. So just a quick little thing for you. Hopefully that helps. Thanks a lot. Great show. Bye.
0: Now, Chris, do you have any idea what she's talking about?
1: I do. Uh, there is a program you can get uh, from Titanium software called Onyx, and it's a multifunction utility. It uh, lets you run you know, miscellaneous tasks. You can configure some hidden uh, settings in OS X uh, on the Finder and the Dock and all that kind of stuff. And one of the things you can do is enable a debug mode in Safari. And one of the things that it gives you is to change something called the user agent. Now, when you go to a website, uh, the website will ask for a it, well, the browser offers up some specific information that a website could ask for. Uh, what kind of computer you're using, uh, what kind of browser you have, things like that. And what it allows you to do is to tell the website uh, that the browser is Internet Explorer or Opera or Safari or Mozilla. And what that does is, is some websites like Wells Fargo's one a, a friend of mine told me about that will specifically put a block in there that if you're not using IE. Not for any other reason other than they're just too lazy to allow other web browsers to be used. So they don't have to support it. Exactly. <laughs> well, now, now we'll let you know Onyx, which you can get from uh, titanium.free.fr. Um, it's a free program. But the, it is easy to kind of mess up some stuff if you use it. So uh, always a, a word of caution downloading Onyx. And using, it. but it's a nice piece of software. It it does allow it allows you to change like the transparency of the dock if you don't like the the white uh, color behind the dock. You can make it transparent or make it solid. You know, just a bunch of a uh, little, little tweaks that you could do through uh, terminal. But no new Mac user is going to go into their terminal.
0: And that's what. <coughs> excuse me. That's the one thing I wanted to point out. Uh, if if you're listening to this podcast and your head started to spin when Stephanie from. Uh, Long Beach was, was talking. I want, I want to say you're not alone. I'm completely there with you. Uh, my eyes started to glaze over. And Stephanie, I, I thank you for calling in because I'm sure that there are some folks out there who have maybe had their Mac for six or eight or nine months or even longer. They're starting to feel quite a bit more confident in their skills and abilities and are willing to try that Onyx program. And I'm glad, Chris, also that you were able to give some more detail as to what that is, and especially the warning there, uh, but you know that you know that's what's great about this podcast. Of course, for myself, I'm one of those individuals that, you know, <coughs> excuse me. On the PC side of things, I am on the PC side of things. I am definitely comfortable tweaking and downloading programs and and changing the whole GUI setup and everything. Uh, but when it comes to the Mac. I don't want to mess anything up, I'm, and I'm not even willing to try. And so, you know, when it comes to all these different little software programs that allow you to do this and do that, I'm somewhat skeptical of of trying them out. So I
1: think I think some of the Onyx stuff does allow you to kind of revert back to default. Um, another program that, that does kind of the same thing as Tinker Tool. Uh, it, it kind of lets you change some of the stuff under the hood. But a lot of these a lot of these programs do have undo, so it's not like you're going to do it and it's not going to boot. Um ah. you know, it just may change the behavior of certain things that you're used to, but you can always go back and unchange change that. So. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Well, Stephanie, thank you very much for calling in. And uh, for those of you who are out in our listening audience, if you want to leave a voicemail, you can call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can ask your Mac switcher questions, or if you want to leave uh, maybe a comment to help uh, clarify an issue that we talk about here in the show, you can do so by calling area code 859 859- seven nine five four zero six seven and just leave a voicemail just like stephanie did and hopefully i'll remember to queue it up and if not at least chris will have it in the show notes and uh he'll remind me
1: and uh, we also got an email from uh, a listener john he says uh i have a question about a new firewire backup drive i currently have two macs in my house i have an intel based imac and an ibook g4 that i'm planning on installing 10.5 on awesome I only have the money to purchase one external FireWire drive. I bought a 500-gigabyte drive. Uh, my iMac has a 250-gig hard drive, and my iBook has a 60-gig hard drive. Is it possible to partition this drive into two partitions that are both bootable via the external drive? And uh, the short answer on this is, yes, you can. And uh, I actually emailed him earlier this evening um, all the the, the details. Uh, the issue he faces is that... Um, he said he's going to upgrade to 10.5 and 10.5 is going to be universal, at least that's what they say. Okay. Uh, with 10.4, 10.4 there was a different version for PowerPC and there was a different version for the Intel. And you are able to partition a drive into two partitions using the disk utility and allow both of them to be bootable.
0: And I would imagine, Chris, you'd probably be willing to paste the instructions or whatever kind of uh, stuff that you sent in that email possibly to our forum.
1: Absolutely, I'll put that uh, in the... Well, actually, I'll make a, a show-specific uh, post, and I'll, I'll put related info in the uh, show. It's Very pretty It's pretty easy, though.
0: Very cool. Well, um, if you guys are interested, uh, sign up for our forum at gspn.tv slash forum. We have an entire section in the forum uh, that's devoted just to help I Got a Mac and general technology questions. So uh, we'd love to have you participate and join the community online that's discussing uh, Mac questions. And, and what's really cool is a lot of people are getting a lot of help and a lot of answers to their technical issues and questions uh, in the forum all throughout the week. And, Chris, you and I are, are really just watching other people help each other, which is really awesome.
1: Yeah, I know uh, Dimitri, one of the listeners we have here, uh, has posted quite a bit uh, to some people. And he used to be a former Mac genius, so he's, he's, the, he's the Mac genius I call when I have problems. Awesome.
0: So what we got next, I, I think you want to tell us a little bit, you know, um, from the perspective of, okay, I'm walking into the Apple store considering that purchase. You know, I'm, I'm a little hesitant. You know, I, I've got enough money. I've got about $1,500, $1,700 in my pocket. I could very easily go over to another location and buy three or four PCs with this money. Mm-hmm. But I'm really considering... This purchase of the, of the Mac, uh, either whether it be a Mac Mini, whether it be a MacBook, uh, whether it be an iMac, all these different options that are available to me. Now, let's just say I walk into the store. I sit down and and, and do all this stuff, and, and I decide, okay, I'm going to buy one. This guy starts asking me questions. He says, would you like a .Mac account? Would you like to go ahead and set up AppleCare? Blah, 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 blah. Let's start off with this .Mac account. Can you explain to me, Chris, what is a
1: .Mac account? Uh, yeah, .Mac is an, kind of an enhanced suite of services, online services, uh, that normally run $99 a year. And when you buy a new Mac, they do lower the price $30. It's, uh, you know, $69 a year. And um, what it offers you is an email account, you know, your name or whatever at Mac.com. You also get 10 gigabytes of hard drive space. And the, you get a, basically a virtual drive that you can store things on. And all the, all the iLife software kind of has hooks that can work into .Mac. Uh, it also includes backup and syncing. You can sync your contacts and things like that. It's kind of an online presence um, just short of a hosting service. Without a domain.
0: Okay. Well, let me,
1: you, you used to work in a Mac store. I used to work in an Apple store, yes. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, an Apple <laughs> store. So sorry. Yeah, the, the Mac stores, they, they sell makeup. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, you have in the show notes here why you should not buy a .dot .Mac account. What are some of the reasons why somebody might not want to buy a .dot .Mac account?
1: First off, it's $100 a year. Um, there's a lot of free services online, and also you know you can get you get 10 gigs of space. I, I have a GoDaddy account. It's you know roughly about 80 bucks a year. I get 100 gigs of space. Ah. Now, obviously, you know I know what I'm doing. It's a little bit more you know nuts and bolts with your GoDaddy than it is with your Mac because you've got really easily you know point click kind of stuff, but First off, yeah, it's the price is the, is the first big thing on, on why it's kind of not worth it. Um, if you want IMAP, you know, AOL, I mean, my God, you're going to have an AOL account, you know, email address. However, it is free, um, and you get, you know, there's Yahoo Mail that's free, there's Gmail that's free. Um, .Mac does tout that they have an IMAP service. And what IMAP is, for a lot of people who don't know, is you get the benefit of having webmail. Where you see all your mail and your folders and all that kind of stuff, it's the same thing as you would have on an email program. It doesn't download everything from the email server to your computer and then erase it. It's always synced up, which is kind of nice if you have multiple computers. You know if you use uh, your personal email at work or you have you know a, a laptop and a desktop or an iPhone. Or uh, any kind of smartphone that can check email. It's nice to have that IMAP because everything's the same. If I delete a message or move a message on a folder, it's going to be moved or deleted on all my other computers. Okay. And and that, that's normally like an enhanced service. Even even a GoDaddy hosting account doesn't offer IMAP, but AOL has IMAP and it's free.
0: Right. And so, and so there are other solutions out there that are free. And if, of course, what's the difference between having, uh, you know, cliff at aol.com versus cliff at dot Mac or at Mac.com. I mean, it's still not your last name. It's still not your own domain. I mean, you're still sharing it with the same people who you know, tons of other people out there. I,
1: exactly. If, if you want a really good impression, you know, like you have Ravenscraft.org, I have biting.org, you know, it, it, it does. It is a little nicer to have that than you know, biting three, four, five, six at AOL.com. Exactly.
0: And, and, and for me, I mean, not only do I have cliff at ravenscraft.org, but if you are talking to me about one of my podcasts, I tell you to email me at cliff at gspn.tv, or if I'm working with you on some podcast consulting work, I'm going to talk to you and say, hey, go ahead and send that right over to uh, cliff at bitcastmedia.com.
1: And what a lot of people don't realize is that all those are powered by Gmail for free. Absolutely. That's
0: exactly where I have all of those hosted for free. All of them managed under one account. It, it's just amazing. Now, however, you do have to have a little bit more of a technical paralysis to, to be able to set some of those things up. It's not something that you know <coughs> your average user is, is going to be able to just set up. So... We'll talk about some of the reasons why you should buy a dot Mac account, but are there right. are there are there some other reasons uh, why you shouldn't buy it? What what are some of the other services that maybe um, aren't so maybe such a great deal for somebody who is
1: somewhat advanced? Well, first off, is backup. If you go to the Apple Store and you you're, you're like, well, you know what, I don't really want that Mac. They're like, it comes with backup software. You know what? And that's all fine and good, but really, if you think about it, if you're getting a Mac, in The most important things you want to back up are your pictures, obviously your music and documents and things like that. Your pictures in iPhoto and your music in iTunes, both of those allow backups to DVDs or CDs already built into the software.
0: Yes, they do. And not only that, but I have about somewhere around 42 gigabytes of audio in my iTunes library.
1: And which you're not going to be able to back up to the, the 10 gigs they give you for free anyway. Exactly. That and if you, you know, if you want to do something like that, there's plenty of, of online companies that offer for about 50 bucks a month online backup, which is still half the price of… of
0: you mean $50 a year?
1: Yeah, $50 a year for, Thank you. Uh, for backup. Or you can even get a free backup program like Duper. You know, if you if you have an, an old external drive laying around, or if you want to buy a drive, which is still, it's going to cost a little bit more than Dot Mac, but you've got an ex, you know, you've got this external drive that you can take with you. Yeah. You know, you can back up your data for free using a, a program like SuperDuper or Carbon Copy Cloner, and I'll, I'll put those links into the forum. Um, another thing they offer is is you know syncing your calendars and things like that between multiple. You know, computers and stuff. But if you're using an online, like, Google Calendar or Yahoo Calendar...
0: It won't do it for you.
1: Well, it, yeah, but you don't need to because they're online. Right. You know? Okay. And you can use a program like Spanning Sync if you really want to use iCal. If you're hard up to use iCal or your iPhone or something like that, you you can use Spanning Sync. And it's still, the cost of that is still less than the $99 a year for Dot .Mac. Yeah,
0: and I am currently using Spanning Seek and I uh, love it. Absolutely the best program out there. If you use Google calendars and, and you use the whole suite of Google services, um, I strongly encourage you to look up Spanning Sync, that's S-P-A-N-N-I-N-G space S-Y-N-C. And uh, it is an awesome service, very inexpensive, and it works beautifully.
1: Now, uh, a lot of people are like, well, you know what? I like that idea of online storage, you know, the iDisk and things like that. You can get free 5 gigs of online storage. It's called xDrive. It's a service of AOL. A lot of people don't know about this. Um, and you can store your, you know, your import, I, I store important documents, you know, my resume and, and things like that. 5 gigs is not a lot. You know, you can buy little flash drives for 10 bucks for a gig. And you know, but I do store some of that stuff on X Drive, and that's through AOL. Uh, you just need to have a screen name. So if you've got an, an instant messenger account, you've already got this taken care of. You know, you don't get spammed or anything like that. And and finally, a lot of the dot Mac features are built into the operating system themselves, and you can actually spoof that using a program from uh, NotMacChallenge dot okay. And what they did is they went out to try to find how to. Replicate a lot of the features of Dot Mac. So they set up this contest, and they have like you know people donate money. Like forty-three folders donated like hundred and fifty bucks, and just a bunch of people donated money. And they had about five thousand dollars, and someone figured out a way to spoof everything from Dot Mac with the exception of email and the web galleries. Uh. And we're, we're, yeah, and it you need to have a server. And again, it's it's pretty nerdy. And. Yeah. and but well, you can replicate the features of, of well, .Mac.
0: Well, here's the thing. If you're nerdy enough to replicate the features of .Mac, dude, don't get .Mac. Exactly. All right. Exactly. So, 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 however, on, on fairness, for fairness to Apple, I believe that DocMac, .Mac is an excellent purchase for certain individuals. Exactly. I, I think it offers a wonderful service. For my, all of the things that we've mentioned above for certain individuals. And who would those people be?
1: Well, a uh, great example is my, my one of my wife's bosses just bought a Mac. It was he had a computer, you know, and it was filled with spyware and viruses and all that good stuff. And he finally said, You know what, Chris, you've always talked about Macs. I'm gonna go get one. So he got one and they you know, they talked to him about that Mac and he went ahead and bought it. And he was so happy that the fact that the pictures that he took in Canada were on the internet in less than like a half hour, and he had no idea about how to do anything.
0: Right. He didn't know FTP. He didn't know, you know, all the different Flickr services or how to sign, or, you know, going in and using the Flickr upload tools. And so, let's
1: be honest, even the Flickr upload tools are a little confusing. Yeah, they are. You know, the fact that in iPhoto, I could just hit a button and all those photos from my vacation or, or whatever are already up there and they look awesome. Yeah. And then I can send out, you know, an invitation to all my friends saying, Hey, look what I just made. And he did that. You know, my wife was blown away. She's like, how do you learn how to do this? I'm like, he just pushed a button.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's, it's that kind of stuff that, you know, maybe 99 bucks isn't a big deal if you break it down per month, you know, it's, Like eight bucks and some change or something a month, and you know for something like that, you know it's worth it for him.
0: Yeah, and and so there, there are a lot of people out there who are going into computing for the first time. Uh, A lot of folks are saying, "Hey, I want to join this whole uh, technology revolution thing that's going on in this world." And you know what kind of computer should I get? And a lot of people are telling them, "You should get a Mac if you're a brand new first time user, never used anything else before. Go get a Mac." And I would agree with them. I would agree with them. You're you're not gonna have, for number one, if you're a first-time user, you know, you you don't want to get a PC and learn the hard way why you shouldn't click that thing uh, that just popped up and looks very official and looks like a Windows window that says "Click here for free virus scanning software, which will keep your safe system safe and clean."
1: <laughs> I mean. Right. And 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 let's be honest. Really, when you buy when you buy it on h p or a Dell or e machines or, or what have you, and you have a digital camera what what can you do I, I don't know of, of 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 Microsoft offering a suite of software like Mac that you know you just put in your username and your password into the operating system during setup, and boom you're done you're you're putting stuff on the internet. With minimal effort,
0: yeah. It, it for for the first time user, for a new user, for somebody who is not really interested in learning the technology behind how it all works, Dot Mac's a good purchase. And and really, to be honest with you, ninety nine bucks a year, not all that expensive.
1: And, but really though, if if I could if I could if I was Steve and I could adjust the price, I would say, you know, forty nine dollars a year, fifty bucks a year, would be the perfect price. Yeah, or and, and, and or, I,
0: I go ahead or just add some more space and storage and some of the ability, and 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 ninety nine is not a bad
1: deal. Now, if it was me, if I was going, if I decide to get dot Mac again, and I've got friends, you know, I can get it for half off, you know. Yeah. Anyway, if I was going to decide to do that again, I probably wouldn't use the email, and the only reason is I don't want to get locked into having dot Mac. Yeah. And having that email address and then having to go through the pain of changing it. Because, because I did that before. When, when you're an Apple employee, you get .Mac for free. Uh-huh. You know, It's just one of those things. And I had a, a .Mac account for, for years. And, and, the when re- I deci- and when I decided to leave, I'm like, you know what? I don't need a .Mac account. But man, it was a pain to change my email address.
0: And that's exactly why they don't offer you, with the .Mac account, free domain registration. So that you can have your name at yourdomain.com, right? Exactly. Because they know that if you, if they allow you to do that, then when you become tech savvy enough and you start listening to enough tech podcasts, you're gonna learn that hey, this isn't such a great deal. I can get all this stuff free, and by the way, I own this domain. I'm taking it with me. Please, exactly. So. so I mean, I mean, what would make that Mac a little bit more appealing? giving you a domain to go along with it that belongs to you and it's personalized that mm-hmm. can go with you but again it works against the the, the sh- structure of, of client retention which or you know, even
1: or, or even just letting you have the dot Mac email address for free afterwards because you can get email anywhere yeah that's true you know? and, and really Picasso, you, you can't use the client on a Mac yet excuse me what is that Picasa?
0: I know what it is, but explain it to oh, our listeners. Okay.
1: <laughs> if you don't have a Mac and you want to have something like iPhoto, you get Picasa from Google. And it's a photo managing software. And I'll tell you what, it's, um, I would say, every bit as good as iPhoto. And one of the nice things is they do offer a Picasa web gallery where you can upload your photos to a site where people can, can look at your pictures. And guess what? It's free.
0: And does it work on the Mac?
1: The web galleries do work on a Mac. Okay, but the Picasso software does not. At least, I don't think it does at this time. Okay, but you can still you can still use Pica, the the Picasso web gallery, which is pretty cool. Very cool.
0: All right. So, and then uh, D Joseph Design in the chat room there says no, it doesn't. By the way, we do record this show live on the internet every Sunday evening at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And you can learn how to participate live. There's a schedule of all the live shows we do here at gspn.tv on the main page. And just click on Help, I Got a Mac uh, whenever the hour of 9.30 p.m. on Sunday evening comes around. And uh, we'll be here live. And we'd love to have you participate. You can actually even ask your questions live on the show. One thing I do want to mention here is just to kind of take a a slight break is that next week's show is going to be here. It's going to be regularly scheduled. Uh, Chris and I will be on the phone answering your questions, talking about Mac. And uh, the only thing that will be different for those of you who are listening to this via the podcast is that the audio quality is going to be significantly different because I will be in Boston attending a podcasting conference uh, called PodCamp, and so therefore the recording is going to be in the audio quality of a telephone call because I will be dialed in, and that's how this is going to be recorded next week. So just to give you a heads up, uh, we—it's next week when you hear that, it's not the way it's going to be. It's just uh, one little week out, but I, we definitely did not want to cancel this show uh, just because I'm going to be in Boston. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we ask that you come and join us next week. Now, okay, so dot Mac. We now, when we walk into the store, Chris and and I've I've just laid out this machine up on the table here. They're yep. getting ready to check me out. Now I feel confident that you know, depending on where I am, technically, whether or not I should get a dot Mac or not get a dot Mac account. Yeah, thank there's, you.
1: There's, there's going to be three. Basically, there's there's three spokes to the wheel of the. Apple store buying experience Okay The next thing is AppleCare And AppleCare is Apple's three year Labor and parts service plan Okay I would say it's kind of like an extended warranty I mean They they say it's not an extended warranty But whatever It's an Uh, extended warranty (laughs) When you you first get your, your Mac You get 90 days of complimentary phone support And one year of parts and labor repair Okay. With AppleCare, you get three years of phone support and three years of parts and labor. Gotcha. And, and what they don't tell you is in certain situations it is on-site repair, but I think there's some mileage restrictions based on, you know, if you're within a certain amount of miles from an AppleCare site. And, and maybe Dimitri can, can pop in and talk to you and, and let me know um, more specifically since he used to actually work for AppleCare out in California. Um, but uh, the, the question is always, do I get an extended warranty for my piece of hardware? And my, thought, my general thought is, you can't buy Apple parts. You know, if, if I built a computer myself, I could go to Micro Center or wherever and buy a part for my, heart, you know, for my computer and pop it in. Right. You know? And with a Mac, you really can't, unless it's a hard drive or RAM. You know, or a keyboard, or something like that, and and my general rule of thumb with with a Mac is if it's a if it's a laptop, get Apple Care. Yeah, and that's that's just me.
0: How much is it?
1: It all depends. Uh, for a MacBook, it's uh, two forty nine. For a MacBook Pro, it's three forty nine. For an iMac, I believe it's and for an iMac and for a Mac Mini, I believe it's one sixty nine. And for a Mac. Pro, I think it's 249 as well.
0: And uh, something you should know, and they'll tell you... And that's, that, going,
1: that's going from memory, so...
0: And something you should know, and they'll probably tell this to you at the uh, store when you purchase, if you kind of say, I don't want it right now, you you actually have up to one year to purchase that from the date you buy your Mac.
1: And that's what's nice. Like, when you go to an, uh, a Best Buy or whatever, and you get there, you know, the three-year or four-year plan on whatever, you have to get it the day you purchase it. Yeah, or you within know, or,
0: seven days. So, and I think they give you
1: seven to ten days. Yeah, Best but it, the, the thing is, you know, after that, you're out of luck. Yeah, pretty much. And, we, yeah, with AppleCare, if it's like, you know what, I don't have that much money with me today, but I do want to get it, you know, put, put a little bit aside each month and and then, and then get it. Because I can tell you, coming from experience of, of fixing these things uh, for a living and and. You know, quoting customers prices your first repair if you have to get one is going to cost the price of apple right off the bat because there, there there's flat rate repairs based on tiers and especially with laptops you know a tier two or a tier three support uh repair can be you know about six hundred dollars yeah you know and that's you know if your case is dented or whatever like you know if it's considered a major repair it's gonna be 600 bucks and i've seen people you know a month out of out of their one year and you know there's you're out of luck you know where if you had apple care boom you're done
0: yeah and and for me when i was in the store and i was purchasing it number one i just forked out a ton of cash uh, and i did not really want to spend the extra money for it then and not only that but for me it, when i buy a laptop which is what my macbook is you know, I'm pretty hard on these things and after about a year I don't know that I really get much use beyond that. Now of course that's always been my experience with the PC. So, you know, at least this way I get to keep my MacBook for a year and determine on whether or not, you know, with with the upgraded operating system and with all the usage of the hard drive and 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 things if is this thing becoming to the is it going to become uh, just like a PC, like a, a, a Microsoft OS, where it becomes so cripple, crippled down uh, that, you know, it's pretty much you just want to toss it out the window. Well, if, it, if it's going to be like that at the end of 12 months, and I, I certainly am glad I didn't purchase it. But if, you know, 11 months into this thing, I'm still running this thing, and it's still going crazy smooth and clear and not crashing every other week and, and stuff like that, by all means, I'm going to run in there and say, hey, I'd like to go ahead and buy that Apple Car.
1: Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I Really, uh, Apple's kind of got a way of, of able to, they're able to squeeze as much processor out of a laptop or out of a computer as they can with every OS update. So I, I think, you know, you're, you're going to own your Mac a little bit longer than you would... Owning your PC, I think. So, I would get Apple Care. Um, I unfortunately don't have Apple Care on my MacBook, uh, but that's okay. Um, the, the only thing I ever foresee me happening, I did. I did have to get an inverter replaced on mine, but luckily I had about a month left of my warranty, and I knew it was a common issue that was that was happening with them. Um, what is nice though is is you can also go to an Apple authorized service center. And they're all over the place. It's just not the Apple store. There's other companies around town. And they could generally work out a better deal for you than if you just go to the Apple store. Wonderful.
0: So let me ask you, um, you said there are three kind of prongs to this whole thing. What's the other one?
1: ProCare.
0: Oh, what's that?
1: Actually, actually there's four now. ProCare used to be a $99 service that lets you kind of get... You know, when you when you have to go to the Genius Bar for a repair or a question, you have to have an appointment. Mm-hmm. And ProCare was kind of the way to skip line, and you know, you could drop your computer off, and they would look at it and let you know what's going on, or look at it and fix it, you know, that kind of stuff. And you can make appointments, you know, further in advance than than just the same day. And also, what ProCare did was give you one hour lessons per week for a whole year, hmm. and what they found out is people were actually what 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 they thought were people were were going to get ProCare for ninety nine bucks, use maybe one or two classes, and then that was going to be it. Uh-huh. They did not expect people to be in every week getting <laughs> classes. So what they did is they took ProCare and they busted it up into two different things. There's ProCare, which is now you know you can get. Um, you can make reservations for the Genius Bar like 14 days in advance. I don't know why you'd want that. Um, <laughs> rapid repairs—you know—you get you get pushed to the, like if, if if there's a bunch of repairs in the in the back room to get done, you're put up on the shelf before the rest of them. Uh, you know that that kind of stuff. Which, which for a business where it's a mission critical machine, let's say that was your machine for all your podcasting and stuff. Of course, you want to get it done in a day or two instead of you know a week or right. two. Right. You know, and and I can see where that might be worth it. But what they did is they busted it up in the pro care for ninety nine dollars, and then also one to one care for ninety nine dollars, which is now the training classes. So you're going to get asked if you want that too, if you want pro care or if you want the one to one care. And really, if you if you think about it, if you're brand new to the to the Mac to, to computers, you know, this is your first computer. You're an older person you know you're my parents age you know in their 50s on up and you're not really really comfortable with a computer really for for 100 bucks for once a week class it's really not bad if, right. you, if you if you've priced personal training before
0: no absolutely it, it's a very yeah. good price
1: the o- the only problem is is that at, a, at a, most of the stores you take your class on the on the store floor where all the action's going on you know where right just buku amounts of people. The music's playing. People are testing iPods on speakers. Um, I think some of the flagship stores might offer the classes. Let's just put it this way.
0: It's not, it's not where you want to have the Mac Genius try to help you use iMovie to uh, figure out how to edit your, your you and your spouse's uh, personal intimate moment tapes.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Keep in mind you're going to be out on the floor with everybody else. And a lot of people will schedule classes, you know, if you're able to do it like on a Tuesday at like, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, where they're going to be the slowest.
0: Yeah. Let me uh, bring in Michael King on the line. He, he's requested to chat with us. Michael, what do you got?
3: Yeah, i uh, give you a little experience with uh, AppleCare. All right. Uh, I had a G5 iMac that I got AppleCare on, and you know they've had that power supply problem.
0: Well, uh-huh.
3: just not too long ago, the power supply went out. And it's still covered by AppleCare. They replaced it, no questions asked.
1: Very good. That's cool. I, I I hate to burst your bubble, though, but they would have actually covered that probably without AppleCare. And the reason is that there's a, they have a little thing in their back room called, a, oh, I can't remember what it's called, like tech bulletins or something like that, where there's a series of things that they'll still cover even though they're out of warranty. And one of those is uh, not only would, would your G5 iMac be covered on the power supply, but most likely the logic board too, uh, because they had some capacitor issues where they were replacing those even though they were out of warranty.
0: Yeah, well, um, Michael, thank you very much for for the requesting the talk. And I just, you know, I haven't mentioned it, uh, but please feel free if you're in the chat room, which we got several people in there, and we even got several people dialed in by phone. Uh, hit the request a talk button and participate with us uh, I haven't I, I, I sometimes I forget that I need to give people permission to do that but at any point in the show if you have a question or comment you want to add that's why we do this live in front of an internet audience. So if, by all means uh, hit the request to talk button.
1: And like I've said before I, I, I am nowhere near an expert. On this stuff, I mean, I've had experience behind the Genius Bar and you know in the back door, so I kind of can talk about that kind of stuff now. But you know, if if you if I say something and I am not right, by all means chime in and let me know.
0: Well, and next up we have John, who happened to be the gentleman we talked to or or talked about earlier with the email. So, uh, John, you're on the line. Go ahead.
3: I just had a question for Chris here about Apple Care in general. I had an, I had an iPod. I just a fifth generation iPod. I just recently had trouble with. I didn't have AppleCare on it. I took it to the store. Now, mind you, it had some scratches on it and stuff because I've had the thing for two years now. And they told me when they looked, the guy took it and looked at it and said, uh, "This iPod has not been taken care of properly. Well, your Apple your warranty your AppleCare warranty is completely void." I got some advice from a friend who um, worked for. Uh, A colleague that does uh, Apple repair work, and he told me I'd be better off contacting him directly and having them ship me a box and ship it back to them, and they would replace it without any trouble. Uh, What's your experience on that?
1: When I used to, uh, we would get uh, the Genius Bar became the iPod replacement bar there for a while, and. Basically, the general rule of thumb was if it had a lot of visible dents in the back, because that's right where you know the battery and the hard drive and all that stuff is. If there were visible dents or burns, I mean, we had a guy who left a an iPod on the back of his rental car, and he was like in Puerto Rico or something, and it melted the, the scroll wheel. Obviously, things like that aren't going to be covered, just because accidental damage is not covered. But you know, scratches, I. Scratches are just going to happen because of the material they make those things out of. You know, you buy an iPod, you take the wrapper off, and that's the best it's ever going to look. Um, if it, if if I were you, and I didn't get the answer that I wanted, I would have probably asked to speak to a manager. They could kind of override, um, you know, the genius's opinion. But you can also call Apple Care, um, and and they'll send you a box. And nine times out of ten, they're going to just replace it for you. Yeah. So I, at this point, I would probably call Apple Care. Or if you wanted, to, you know. It, or talk to another genius. It's pretty much up to their personal discretion.
3: Okay, well, actually, I spoke with the store manager, and he said things that he would do. I did contact Apple Care on that, and they did actually... I did send it in, and I've already received back a replacement unit on it with no trouble. I just thought it was kind of strange that I'd get a completely different answer, that they would replace it, no questions question. Whereas the store was giving me so much trouble about it.
1: Yeah, it, it's up to the individual uh, Mac genius on, on what they're going to replace or not. There's no real... A lot of people think there's there's guidelines. There's really not. It's up to it, the they trust the uh, the machinist to make the what should be the right decision. If it was me and I would have saw those scratches on it, I would have just replaced it, Especially if you paid for Apple Care. And really, uh, the rule of thumb where I used to work was if you got Apple Care, as long as it didn't look like you ran it over with a car, we were going to replace it because you paid Apple Care for it because. A lot of people don't get Apple Care for them.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, I'll tell you what, we're running at forty-four minutes and twenty-three seconds. Um, there, I, I just want to point out, um, just so we can clarify, there's there's pro care which used to include this whole get in line fast uh line hoppers kind of thing <laughs> uh which it sounds totally ridiculous to me but i at the same time i understand if if i if i had a pc or, or i'm sorry if i had a mac that completely depended i had to podcast on it and edit things and i needed it back as quick as possible eh, it'd be kind of nice um However, um, it used to include this one-on-one care, which was that one-on-one training thing. So today, you're saying ProCare does not include the one-on-one, one-on-one. Is that correct?
1: No, they they decided to bust it out into two different things and decided to make double the revenue stream.
0: That well, that, okay, and so basically, that I just wanted to clarify that just so folks that know. So ProCare is the, the $99 a year service where you actually have uh, the the rushed uh, service and, and all those other things. And then there is an additional option called one-on-one care where you can get personal training. And right. one last thing I think that we should break up and then we can uh, leave the leopard talk until next week since it's going to be really time sensitive for next week anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Tell me. Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead.
0: I, I, the next thing that you have in the show notes, Chris, that you put together was uh, uh, the personal shopping. And yeah. I'm going to have you explain it and tell me what you think about it and, I'll, and then I'll share my experience. So go ahead.
1: You know what? This, this was something that, that happened after I left. Uh, that, that and one-to-one care were both things that happened shortly after I left uh, Apple. And what personal shopping is, is you can reserve a time for a Mac specialist, and, you know the Mac specialist is the is the standard salesperson at Apple to meet you at the store and give you a personal shopping experience, which which I think is pretty cool. Um, you know, it, it kind of gives you that boutique kind of feel, you know, that famous people get, and it, it they walk you through. I think everything, and it, it you know, obviously on the other side of the coin, it's you know, you're already getting set up probably with their best metrics person. You know, the, the person who always gets dot Mac, always gets one on one care, always gets Apple Care, always gets extra software. You know, you're gonna get their best salesperson who's gonna be able to get you get those get those services for them, uh, helping you out. Um, that that's kinda like the evil side of it. But I, I think it's it's good to that they do offer a service that that holds your hand through the shopping experience. Because if you've ever walked into an Apple store on a Saturday or a Friday or even a Wednesday, the stores are always busy and you always have to wait for someone to get help from.
0: Yes, you do. Um, I want to tell you that my decision to buy a MacBook uh it took a long time to actually finally make the decision. But when I made the decision, it was like, okay, I've made the decision and I'm getting it today. And so I called probably around one o'clock in the afternoon and I said, Listen, I'm gonna be there at six o'clock tonight to buy a MacBook. And uh I wanna make sure that somebody's there and able to help me to to check that out. I wanna make sure you have this one in stock and stuff like that and it's like oh well let me set you up with a personal shopping uh, appointment and you'll have you'll have somebody devoted to your purchase and they'll be with you for up to one hour and they'll spend time with you answering any and every question you possibly have and I went there and it was extremely busy but I did as soon as I got in they said somebody said can I help you and I said yeah I have a personal shopping appointment oh well let me go get that person for you and they came and it, it was it was a very good experience. Uh, it was nice to have somebody there that answered my questions all the way through the process. Now, you know, I was a little bit more a little bit more difficult to in, than your typical customer because I was you know I, I was a very skeptical person moving forward in the Mac, and so I was asking some very difficult questions, and I think I I kind of got the guy a little bit nervous, uh, but in the, but overall. It was a very excellent experience. And I, I think that if you're going to buy a Mac, definitely set up a personal shopper appointment. And the nice thing is, it doesn't cost anything.
1: And I think what it also does is, it right from the get-go, it, it makes you go, you know what? This is not just a computer. You know, it's an experience. And Apple's really, really good at controlling that experience. And it... it Instantly puts in someone's mind that that what they're already getting is is justified. Maybe a little bit, you know, because they're paying a little bit more. That this experience kind of justifies that that they're getting this boutique type computer. It's kind of like when you go, uh, you know, get a Volkswagen, you you or a, or a BMW or, or something, you know, where it's a, a boutique kind of experience where you do get that personal feeling. You know, you get your free oil change and your you know, your free donuts or whatever. It's that kind of, of thing that's that's now being spun into the computer world because if you go to Best Buy, you know, you got some punk kid there that'll just hand you the computer, you know, they're sitting up on the shelf and, you know, they may give you you know, you may go in there four times you get four different answers on the same question where this is a real consistent kind of nice, neat experience. Yes, it is.
0: So, hey, everybody, that's going to wrap up uh, this the conclusion of this show here today. Uh, we want to thank you very much for sticking out uh, through the original Help I Got a Mac if you are a longtime listener. Uh, and for those of you who are just now finding us as we've relaunched the show last week and this being our second episode, uh, we are so glad to have you join us. And if you know somebody out there who has just purchased a Mac... Uh, or somebody who has just decided or started to think about the idea of buying a Mac. This is the podcast for them, because I will tell you there are a lot of podcasts out there devoted to the Mac, and one of my favorite is the Typical Mac User podcast uh, by Victor, and and you can find that over at typicalmacuser.com. But <coughs> excuse me, but all these other shows out there. They all started out with a lot of this kind of information, and and I listen to those shows today, and they're very deep, and they they have of course you should listen to them because they they do help you to kind of introduce you to some deeper concepts, but this show is specifically designed and geared for that individual who is thinking about buying a Mac, or who has just got the Mac and that's what we're here, we're here for you, we're gonna try to keep it as basic and as simple as possible, but at the same time, for those of you who have been in Mac uh, user for quite some time, we need you here, We n- not just listening to us via the subscription, we need you here live with us, in the chat rooms, Sunday night at 9.30 p.m., the best way to figure out how to find us online is just go to gspn.tv, which stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network, and uh, just look at the schedule, Sunday night at 9.30 Eastern Time, click on the thing that says, click here to join live, and that will put you in touch with us. We would love your expertise. We would love your answers to some of these questions. And so uh, this show really is for everybody, but it's geared for
1: the switcher in mind. Yep. And speaking of, we're all going to have a giant switch next week when Leopard comes out.
0: Well, you're going to have to convince me to change, so.
1: <laughs> I will be in line starting at 4 p.m., hopefully, uh, on Friday. And, and uh, yeah, come out and say hi. So uh, It'll be fun.
0: A majority of people out there, if you haven't I figured out... This whole Web 2.0 world, one of the my favorite pieces of technology is a service called Twitter, Twitter dot Twitter.com. If you haven't heard about it, go to Twitter.com and just see if you can figure it out. I, I'm telling you just about anybody can figure out Twitter within five minutes and figure out what it's all about. But uh, you can follow myself or Chris on Twitter. I'm at Twitter.com slash GSPN. And uh, Chris, what's your Twitter ID?
1: I am at Biting, and that's B E I
0: T I N G. So that's uh, Twitter.com slash Biting. So we uh, want to thank you once again for uh, joining us for Help I Got a Mac. We will be back next Sunday evening at nine thirty p.m. Eastern Time. And for those of you who are going to be joining us live, we'd love to have you uh, just come and join us uh, live. <laughs> let's talk
1: about 10.5 while we're at it then
0: <laughs> yes next week we'll all it, it it will all be about this new operating system called leopard and, it'll be uh, wonderful you'll have to talk me into it Chris because uh you know I kind of like what I got it'll be awesome I, I promise all right we'll talk to you soon god bless bye
2: bye